Hi, everybody. Welcome to IAB Real, our regular podcast about the doings in the industry. We have a special podcast upfronts edition today. Today was the first day of our sixth annual IAB podcast upfront. It is September 9th. I'm joined today by Zoe Soon. She's the vice president of our Consumer Experience Center and Lizzie Denahan, who is the vice president of sales for Cadence 13. Welcome both of you to IAB Real. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. We've had an exciting day. It's a dizzying day. We had a number of presentations. The the thing that's most clear to me is that there are so many podcasts and so little time. Uh, Just Cadence 13, which is where, Lizzie, where you work, uh, I would be hard-pressed to to get even beyond the surface of the formidable uh, offerings you, you guys have. Let's talk first about uh, Tom Webster from Edison Research. He opened with an extraordinarily witty barrage of statistics and figures about how robust this medium is. Uh, Just as a way of uh, starting off, in 2014, podcasting was at 2% of the audio audience, which was 125th of the audio audience. Tom was at some pains to say that that was not a small number even then, that was tens to hundreds of millions of hours per day. Uh, Skip ahead six years later to 2020, podcast represents an eighth of the audio audience. Uh, That's a remarkable growth for this medium. We've seen during the pandemic that all media consumption has skyrocketed because uh, you know people are not leaving the home anymore. Um, Lizzie, let's start with you. For Cadence 13, what's your growth trajectory been like? We saw you and many of your colleagues uh, in your presentation, but talk with us about, about the pandemic and the acceleration that we've seen. Yeah, sure. In terms of just um, content alone, the amount of really impactful projects we've been able to put out during this time. Um, Talk about dizzying, we have certainly been busy. And I think that something that we have seen an opportunity with during the pandemic is a lot of the storytellers that we've been looking to work with over the past two, three years um, had been in a different position where they were more willing, open and around to do these types of projects. And so I think in terms of just volume of the content that we put out, we've still put out really top quality content uh, during this time, but we've definitely been able to really increase the amount of projects that we put together. Um, in terms of audience, because we were putting to get together really impactful content, you know, Hope Through History with John Meacham comes to mind as a project that we put out in uh, early May. Um, and it was really impactful for listeners. And we found that growth and we continue to see that growth as we just launched another project with him, it was said. Um, so while we were all a bit nervous of losing those commuters, um, we really still found a way to fa- find them, cutting through the noise and, and making sure that when we found them, we were going to keep them because it was going to be a premium story that we were going to put in front of them. Zoe, I'm going to ask you to, to contextualize that with the podcast Upfront Revenue Report that we released uh, in July in just a moment. Uh, I think something, in fact, Zoe, it was you who said this, so I'm going to give her credit for this penetrating insight, but I'm going to, uh, going to steal it uh, right in front of her, which is uh, there's a, a kind of interesting intimacy around podcasts and also 
particularly for those of us who are crammed into our homes, trapped with our families, that having the ability to put our noise canceling headphones on uh, or the AirPods in our ears and get a little bubble of privacy. I think that that's one of the reasons why podcasts have been particularly accelerated uh, during this time. Um, Zoe, despite, and we had some of this in our uh, most recent spend report, uh, despite the loss of the commute, we've seen some remarkable growth with podcasts. Can you talk with us about those numbers, please? Yes. So we did initially see a little drop off as people adjusted to the new work from home order and they lost their, their usual routine. Um, but that quickly recovered at the end of April. And we saw that you know, people found other ways to integrate podcasts into their routine, whether that was they were home earlier because there was no commute and they were listening on their smart speakers while cooking or while running. Um, we did, really did see podcasts come back into people's routines. And I think two of the things that really helped podcasts during the COVID pandemic were, one, the genres that were popular with audiences were also the ones that people turned to during the pandemic, um, news and comedy being two of the top ones. Uh, and then the categories that were popular with advertisers were also the industries that flourished in the pandemic. So DTC retail, health, um, at-home entertainment. So those those two things all kind of came together to put the wind behind the sales for podcasting. And in addition to growth, I think it's also fair to say we've seen incredible growth in diversity. All of the presenters, perhaps not all of them, but a huge number of them today talked about LGBTQ, Black, um, the, the, just the extraordinary pe uh, participation of people who do not look like me. This is an audio show, so you don't all know that I'm a white guy. But uh, looking on into the screen and not seeing myself was quite wonderful. With NPR, this remarkable podcast that I, I have to listen to uh, called Louder Than a Riot about the connections between hip hop and uh, the incarceration of uh, black men in this country. And we just saw that again and again. You don't see in the television upfronts uh, an entire segment in a, a, a presentation about uh, drag, uh, unless it's uh, you know RuPaul's Drag Race. And, and that wouldn't have been, I think, necessarily part a key part of an upfront presentation the first year that it was out. Uh, so, Lizzie, let's talk about what you saw, both with Cadence 13, but also just generally speaking, like I, I really celebrate the diversity that we witnessed. What struck you as something that you really want to listen to? Uh, and then Zoe, we'll go to you with the same question after. Um, that was my takeaway in general, that um, what a tremendous effort all of the presenters today put forward on really diversifying the, vo the voices and the storytellers that are out there. Um, we had we had black voices, we had female voices, we had Latino, we had LBGTQ plus. Um, we really saw every single type of person represented today. Um, on our side, on the Cadence side, not only do we have a superstar like Kevin Durant that wants to talk a lot about what he's doing in the community, um, but we also have someone as young as 16 and then someone, a Pulitzer Prize winning like John Meacham. So even in terms of age, we're seeing such a diverse and, and wide array um, of representation across all the presenters today. Um, 
I was taking copious notes, writing down, you know, to your point, there's not enough hours in the day on everything that I want to listen to. Obviously, I'm a little biased coming from the cadence side, but um, a lot of the Wondery shows stuck out to me. Um, and I thought just in terms of, of general presentation, um, SMG at the end there did a really good job of being able to uh, present in a way that said, here is the network and the shows that we're building out, and here are the type of advertisers that we think make a lot of sense um, for those shows. So I thought um, just across the board, everyone did a really good job of presenting their shows very well today. Um, and really answering the calls to, I think, what we're going through as a country, as a culture, and also what a lot of the brands and advertisers are going to continue to challenge us with is, um, who are you representing? Who are you looking to speak to? Um, and in what formats are you looking to do that? So um, I was really humbled and also uh, just just really encouraged by what I what I, what was seen today, what was shown today. Zoe, what about you? What what's something you're gonna gonna listen to that you might not have known about before today? Well, I found the um, sorry, was it races the the drag show that presentation? Yeah. So entertaining, and I loved that it was just so extra. Um, and Code Switch, NPR's Code Switch, I think they went through, Lizzie already mentioned all the demographics that they went through, um, and that they're targeting such a broad range of demos and ages and audiences. Um, I also thought it was really interesting that Forever Dog talked about the four verticals being female, black, millennial, and LGBTQ+. Mm -hmm. Uh, and just recognizing those vet verticals and, and leaning into them, I think, you know, it, as one of the four, I think was really interesting. Yeah, interesting. One of the things well. we, I'm so sorry, Lizzie, please go ahead. You, I just said it was, yeah, it was interesting and smart to see it be done in the, in the way that they presented it with those verticals. Um, I think sometimes to the advertising community, we're all presenting a lot of wonderful opportunities and interesting opportunities. And, and I agree, I think that they did a really good job of, it doesn't feel like you're drinking from the fire hose. There's a pretty clear distinction on where their shows line up across those verticals. So I agree, it was really a smart way to do it. Forever Dog also was the first to name drop Generation Z, which is something that Zoe's done an extraordinary amount of work in, uh, in the in, uh, Experience Center. Something that uh, Chris Corker and your, uh, your uh, chief creative officer and co-founder talked about was Cadence 13 doing the HBO strategy. Uh, Cadence has also been called the Netflix of podcasts. You yourselves call yourselves that. The HBO strategy, which later became the Netflix strategy, which is also the, pod, uh, the Spotify uh, and the New York Times strategy, which is to aggregate content, but then to have uh, owned and operated exclusive content. And so it's interesting to watch as more and more, uh, uh, more and more platforms, more and more, uh, not platforms, but excuse me, production companies are moving away from ending the podcast with, uh, and you can get this on Apple Podcasts and anywhere you get your podcast and instead moving towards, you can only get this here. Um, Lizzie, is that something that you're expecting will increase? Um, I think that we have seen, especially over the last six months, an increase on the Entercom podcast side in general. You know, our sister company, Pineapple Street, has done this very well. Um, we are experiencing and toying more with the exclusive windowing. I think when we create and spend a lot of time um, investing in putting together these stories, 
it's um, a goal of ours to make sure it's distributed as widely as possible. So um, we are definitely looking more into the exclusive window types of deals where, for instance, we binge drop an eight-part series on Spotify in week one, um, and then week two, it's more widely distributed week by week after that. Um, it really allows um, those types of platforms to be able to encourage listeners to come um, and be able to listen to a story that I can't just listen to one episode. I must listen to all eight and it has to be today. Um, and we have quite a few of those projects. I think the best worst feedback you can ever get is, oh, I have to wait another week. So it's really interesting <laughs> that we are experiencing um, that type of feedback from the market in terms of let's figure out how we can do these creative windows. I think we figured it out on the content side. One of my white whales for 2021 is to figure out how we get a sponsor tied to that as well. Um, and so something that we're launching uh, hopefully this year, the first one, and then um, the second one pretty soon to follow in 2021 is the 13 features. And it's going to be another way to do sort of that long form, total experience, total listening experience, a movie for your ear. Um, and that's going to be something that we're going to really play with and figure out what distribution looks like and figure out how we can get as many listens, but also make someone feel special about getting to listen to it first, potentially. Bon and Bo, who used to be at Pepsi and then was at Mondelez and has been on TV, he's an old friend of mine. When he was at Pepsi, he talked about the Pepsi can being a potential media property of the future because Pepsi just does millions, actually not billions of cans and bottles every year. And I think that in his mind, it was the combination of a, a QR code and a can to have uh, an exclusive window. And that'd be one very interesting way for a gigantic sponsor uh, to say, you know, not only are you the exclusive sponsor, but you have to buy the product or at least surreptitiously scan it uh, in your local Kroger uh, before you can get access to it. Zoe, we heard from the CEO of AdsWiz with a remarkable series of stats including a 44% increase uh, in six months from January to June in podcast buying um, and 78% increase in that same time from January to June in terms of ads delivered through smart speakers. Uh, and his big prediction, and this is the part that I'm hoping, Zoe, you'll comment on, which is that he thinks that, uh, that there will be a, a huge growth in programmatic delivery of podcast ads over the course of the next year or two. Do you, do you buy that? What do you think? And, and how is that going to make the work that people like Lizzie needs to do different if it's programmatic versus uh, the sort of homegrown host red ads that we're seeing as the most successful things in podcast advertising today? I think I, think I, I agree with him. We are moving in that direction. We're seeing enormous confidence in this medium. Uh, advertisers are buying and doing annual buys over scattered buys there's a shift towards annual uh, they're also buying the series as opposed to one-offs here and there so we're having all these markers where advertisers are going there and they wouldn't be going there if they weren't getting the results if the audiences weren't going there uh, the listening platforms and content producers and publishers they wouldn't be creating o and o content if there wasn't an audience to be gained so i think the momentum has to mean that we we're going to move to programmatic, which is where you know we can scale more. Um, and I think podcast lends itself to that so well because it doesn't cost a lot to produce an ad. So you can create a lot of different dynamic creative that you serve based on who who's listening. Um, and it's just a matter of time now when 
we're going to want to scale that and automate it. And the other, and I'm hoping one of the two of you has something much more intelligent to say than I do about this because I was intrigued but baffled. The other big prediction that uh, the CEO of AdsWiz, whose name escapes me, um, uh, was automated host-read ads. That that he believes that technology, perhaps through artificial intelligence, I'm not sure, will make it possible for uh, the voice of the host to to do things in real time at scale. Wow, that sounds incredible. What is that? Do either of you know? Zoe, because that was one that I had a big question mark <laughs> too. Actually, one of our member companies is, is an AI audio company that's talking about this kind of stuff. Um, and the thing that I related to, which you and Lizzie might be more familiar with, is have you heard of deep fakes? Of course. In the world? Yes. So, that's, so, so those listening who don't, it's where they can sort of computer generate faces. So it looks like videos oh, mm -hmm. are speaking in different languages or saying different things they may, they may not be in there. So you might watch a movie, a Brad Pitt movie in China and hear him and see him speak native Chinese, but he, it's just computers doing that. So I think, I think that's kind of what, what's happening here. We're seeing that technology play out in the audio space. It's just so fascinating, the idea that something could be artificially generated, but also authentic uh, because it's you know being validated by the speaker, validated by the company. Uh, Hazel Baker from Reuters gave a fascinating presentation about deepfakes at our annual leadership meeting in February. And subsequently she was on IAB There, which is our, uh, our regular live stream as well. So if you're interested in deepfakes, uh, those of you out there, please check out uh, IAB there, which is also a podcast. One of the reasons we're doing this today is that between last year, when we had the podcast upfronts, and this year, we've launched three podcasts uh, at the IB, IB Real, this one being one of them. Uh, I'd like to move on briefly to uh, Wondery. Hernan Lopez gave what I thought was a remarkably coherent pitch for a series of different kinds of advertising problems. Uh, you know, he was saying, for example, that, you know, with uh, with business to consumer, with consumer advertising, that podcasts, and Lizzie, I'm going to go to you next on this one, uh, that with podcasting versus CTV, where CTV has more limitations, where, as Zoe was just saying, it has more creative constraints because you, ha you have visual things as well, um, that you, you can skip the ads on YouTube, for example. Uh, so he had B2C, he talked about B2B entertainment, and then a really remarkable direct-to-consumer pitch towards the end. Uh, it was a very strong uh, conversation about some specific marketing conundra. And I was just wondering, um, of those, of B2C, of B2B entertainment, D2C, uh, Lizzie, are there any sort of particularly endemic podcast, uh, you know, uh, forms? Like, is there... what? what Podcasts are obviously good for everything. Uh, we've heard Con uh, Connell from iHeart was arguing, Connell Byrne was saying that it's the best advertising medium of all. I mean, it was a hugely brave pitch for him to make. Is there a particular kind of format that you think is best? There's my thing, both of those gentlemen for putting such a strong pitch together on behalf of the podcasting community. Um, I, I too almost went back to Tom's initial point about 
um, how most of the consumers now are watching these ad-free, in, in ad-free ways, right? They're watching Netflix, they're watching, um, they're consuming in ways that aren't ad-supported. And here we are in our medium, um, and not only are consumers and listeners listening to the ads, but they they know that it benefits them because um, their favorite host and their favorite show is being sponsored and supported by the ads that they're listening to. Um, as it relates to what formats work best, um, we've done a few projects this year and really looked to first contextual alignment. And I think that this was another reoccurring theme today. Um, and going back for a minute on, on what programmatic means for our space, I think what I took away from today, there is going to be all this involvement in the different ways that we can bring revenue to our shows, but um, host reads are always going to be a premium um, and they're always going to be the most effective. And while it's great to layer on other ways to um, execute ads, um, host reads are, are always going to be the one that works best uh, for, for listeners. Um, and I think a reoccurring theme today, which reminded me something of what we did with Origins. Um, we did an Origins with James Andrew Miller celebrating the 20th anniversary of Almost Famous. Um, and it was co-presented by HBO and Blue Moon. And now we know that fans of Origins are, are big movie, big moviegoers, big uh, consumers of television. And we also know that they happen to love beers. And so when we had Blue Moon and HBO come on to be the presenting sponsors, what we did is, is something I think was really smart. Here we have James Andrew Miller, who's an incredible storyteller. Um, and we built the stories within the story. And so um, at the end of the five episode series, you knew the origin story of Blue Moon. Um, and you knew these very five unique stories that were almost mini teasers and trailers of HBO's Perry Mason. Um, and so in that sense, it felt like a really um, incredible way to tell a story within a story. Um, and similar to what the folks at Sierra Nevada were saying today too. Um, and so in terms of format, um, that's the one I believe in the most. Um, and I think it's, if you have a listener that's, that's there for the taking, why not provide them with something that's gonna be additive to their listening experience? And let me build off of that. I think that what you're just talking about in terms of Cadence 13 and HBO and Blue Moon working together with Wondery, they talked about Do No Harm, which is a co-production uh, with NBC News and Jacked, which is a co-production with Universal Music. And the reason, and I'm going to turn to you, Zoe, about this is I, I, we're seeing uh, a, a, a remarkable series of collaborations between uh, what we might call legacy big media uh, television, cable, um, radio, in the in the case of iHeart, and podcasts. And I'm wondering, what does that mean? Uh, it, back in the day, I've been doing this digital media stuff for a while, there was always a kind of rivalry between digital and television, for example. And early, early digital advertising entrepreneurs wanted to take television out. I'm not seeing that with podcasts. I'm seeing uh, a more of a sort of extensibility uh, as, as a theory of the case when it comes to media. What were you seeing, Zoe, in terms of big and small media working together or old and new or audio and visual? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely seeing old or, old or bigger media companies uh, who are not just about podcasting come into the space. So this year, you know, we've added... Um, New York Times, uh, who, who have always had a podcast, but they're traditionally a, a print and digital media company. Sony for the first time, Viacom, um, who else? We had so many 
traditional media companies join the space, which I think just again speaks to the confidence in this in this medium of mm-hmm. consumers are here and they're here to stay on this platform. And we also, I'm so sorry. Please, please go on. No, no, no. I was just wrapping up saying consumers love podcasts. Yeah, and I, I think there. I, I used to be in. Uh, my background is in TV, and when um, we were presented with um, a, a challenger media or even a challenger channel it was kind of like you can be in it but we're going to charge you a super premium and there was always this competition and i think here um at least what we believe on our side is um if we are putting together good content you're going to find a way to consume it um and that's what we believe in consumers right now if the content is good enough they're going to find a way to watch it, to listen to it. And so um, we've seen a, a large influx of business on the streaming TV side, um, as well as the traditional linear side. And um, I think it works really well together because we know that these listeners are consuming media um, as much as they can. And also what we've seen with uh, digital media from the get-go is that when people are passionate about something, they want more and they will work hard to get more. What we saw with our friends at Warner Media, uh, with Don Lemon and Sanjay Gupta, both of them talking about how there's such a condensed form, uh, the pressures of time in television are so intense, then to have the the leisure to really explore something uh, in a podcast and to go longer, uh, Dr. Gupta was saying that that there are there's room for nuance and gray areas in uh, in a podcast when there isn't when it comes to uh, comes to television, which I just thought was remarkable. I want to just say something I observed, which is we had uh, with iHeart and then with Sony Music, we had Will Ferrell talking about not only the Ron Burgundy podcast but also uh, Big Money Players, and there was a long. Uh, interview uh, delightfully so with the the two the two people behind True Romance, um, and then uh, Adam McKay when it came to Sony Music, and those two gentlemen uh, were partners with Funny or Die, very early innovators around uh, taking sort of premium people, not premium in terms of quality, but people who were commanding big checks, big salaries in movies and television, moving into original online video content uh, with, if you remember the Pearl video, which was so funny, the little girl who was supposed to be the landlord. And what we're seeing is podcast as a remarkable forum for innovation, for storytellers uh, from uh, all walks and all kind of stratuses uh, of the industry. You're seeing you know, people at the tippity top uh, Oprah Winfrey, my gosh, that was amazing to have her there. And I, I jotted down the number because it was so formidable. 307 million downloads of Super Bowl Sundays. And she said it was exploding. And the word lasted for, it seemed like 10 minutes. It was wonderful. Are there particular innovations that were the two of you are looking at, celebrating, interested in, in um, across the podcasting medium? that we can talk about as we're starting to wrap this episode of IAB Real Up. You want to go first? Please. I'll take it, Lizzie. Okay. Um, I think that what I found to be um, really exciting today, and to your point that I think 
Dr. Sanjay Gupta made such a good one. Um, this is an opportunity um, for people to be more intimate and develop their relationships and really see conversations through. And I think in terms of innovation, we are just going to continue to see storytelling develop. Um, we have seen some incredible projects come through this year, and I feel like we're just at the start of it. Um, when you mentioned earlier about um, premium talent come on, I think that if coronavirus and the pandemic and shutdown has been um, what good has come out of that. It's given people the time to be at home and really develop their voices, their storytelling. And if there were ever a time that we needed trusted voices, it's definitely now. So I think in terms of storytelling, we're only at the beginning of what we're about to see and hear and listen to. Um, so that's really exciting to me to see what's ahead in 2021 and what other types of talent decides to uh, step up and, and come into our space. Zoe, what about you? What are you excited by? Well, I think the thing that really jumped out at me this year, as, apart from the, the amazing diversity we're seeing, uh, is like we talked about, the push into original content, owned and operated. Um, you know, it was Caden 13, iHeart, you know, obviously Spotify and, and New York Times do it as well. Um, but I think that that's it's a really interesting move. Uh, and the beauty of podcasts is, it can be more niche. So you get all this interesting content that, that's maybe not mainstream, but the people who are interested in it are really interested in it. So you get these really passionate audiences. Uh, so that definitely stood out. And then the second thing is actually something Cadence 13 is doing um, with you know, partnering with the TikTok. I think it was the two chicks, Charlie. Yeah, Charlie and Dixie. Yep. Uh, so I think that was really clever because well, one, podcasting lends itself to kind of being like an influencer anyway podcast mm -hmm. hosts because there's the trust and they'll read an ad and people will think they're endorsing it and there's just that you know that kind of feel anyway um and then leaning into the younger you know, the tiktok audience you really get to leverage that whole that whole following on another platform which i think is really smart Thanks. It, it, you can't take total credit for it, but I will right now. Um, <laughs> all I'll say is we have yet to see um, long form from, from Charlie and Dixie. And so to bring someone from, a, to bring a digital star like that, where people, their fans are so hungry to get more for, from them. So we are super excited. We think it's going to perform incredibly well. And they are two delightful young ladies. So we are, we're, we're so happy to work with them. And I would have said and, that if you weren't on the show. Sorry, Brad, go ahead. I, I no, it's a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, they were delightful, and the fact that they almost had an argument in the middle of their presentation as uh, as the father of two adolescents, uh, that, that rang very, very true to me. I'm also interested in the cross-platformization of all of this. Uh, you know, we have over in, uh, in YouTube, we have Jeffree Star, who is such a remarkable uh, beauty blogger, with his own line of makeup products in stores right now in Mophi, I think it is. Uh, and just to watch as as brands become unconstrained by, or in brands, both in terms of media brands, but also in terms of products, unconstrained by the kinds of containers that they were trapped in previously. It's quite remarkable. Likewise, both Cadence and iHeart talking about long form fiction uh, and this either serialized or all at one go. Uh, we're also seeing this with our friends at Amazon with Audible where in, increasingly they're having sort of old style radio shows from the past that are being translated into audiobook form, which of course means that what we're really looking for, for forward to from Cadence uh, and other publishers is sort of the next generation of soap operas where, where brands are really gonna own 
a kind of story uh, at scale, uh, and they'll be partnering with with the podcast creators. So it's very exciting. I will close by saying that many years ago, uh, I coined a term called TiVo guilt when we had our first DVRs, and what was on the TiVo became this. It went from being a time saver to a, a terrifying homework assignment because there was just so much there. Uh, and right now that is nothing compared to my podcast guilt because there's so much out there and I feel so bad about myself uh, that I can only really scratch the surface. So I'm encouraging everyone out there to join me in my guilt uh, and come back tomorrow for day two of the podcast Upfronts. Uh, go to iab.com to find out uh, if you are a brand or an agency, please register at iab.com. We could not be more excited about this uh, advertising medium. I'm so grateful to Lizzie Denahan of Cadence 13 and Zoe Soon of the Consumer Experience Center at IB. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us on IAB Real. We'll be back tomorrow. Good night. <laughs>